0: You're listening to the Let Them Testify podcast with your girl, Layla. So, what are you waiting for? Let's testify. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of season two of the Let Them Testify podcast. On today's episode, we have Pastor Marche. And I cannot pronounce his last name, so I'm not even going to attempt it. Um, yeah, Pastor Marche came on and spoke to us and gave us his testimony, his life story. It's pretty intense, hey, um, but full of God's grace and guidance and all those really good things. Super grateful to have him on the podcast with us today. Um, it's almost kind of like I've gotten like all of my pastor friends and just recorded all of their stories. Um, that was not intentional, but I love it. I hope that you guys do too. So yeah, I hope that you enjoyed his story. And um, without further ado, let's testify. Hey, Machae. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Leila. It's really exciting to, to be here.
0: Awesome. Okay, so I guess for the listener, just a bit of an intro into who you are, where you're from, that kind of stuff.
1: Yes. So my name is uh, Machae Kubetic. That is sort of the little thick way of saying it. Um, And I am originally Polish. I was born in Poland uh, in a town called Cheshire, which is the border between Czech Republic and Poland. Came to Australia when I was one. And uh, yeah, Maciej, that's, for those that are wondering, that's, you can actually say Matthew in the English. It's the etymological equivalent Um, that's cool so yeah that's that's sort of the reason behind my interesting name
0: that's awesome okay so coming over from poland you wouldn't really remember much of poland would you
1: no actually no i don't and you know growing up with um my family you know they would always talk about like do you know this person or do you know that person but um i didn't know anyone and Mm -hmm. yeah so i grew up in um, the Polish church here in Adelaide College Park seven day Adventist Church yep. and so I've grown up in a Polish church community um, but I haven't actually yeah I don't have really have any memories of Poland and I haven't had the opportunity to be back uh, as of yet but my younger brother has okay. so he's been able to visit Poland since we arrived in the Great South Land <laughs> so yeah um, but yeah I, I, I have been in Australia for the last, um, how old am I now? 27. So the last 26 years of my life. And, yeah, grew up in a loving Christian home. Um, enjoyed the best possible childhood. Grew up in, obviously, like I mentioned, church. And, um, yeah, actually grew up here in South Australia, here in Adelaide. So... We're recording here from Adelaide now. Yeah, yeah. Last 10 or so years, I've been um, going all up and down the East Coast in answer to the call of ministry in my life. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the first almost two decades of my life was spent here in Aussie.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so... We'll touch back on the ministry and the call aspect yeah. of your life a bit later. Yeah. Um, what was like your family life like, and how did God, like, what kind of role did God play in that?
1: Yeah. So, my my family life was uh, was really awesome. So, growing up, um, I have two brothers, uh, an older uh, brother, a significantly older brother. <laughs> seven years older than me, and then yeah. a younger brother by one year, although everyone always thinks that my younger brother is older than me because he technically is more buff and yeah. solid and sort <laughs> of has the thick beard going. So therefore, you know, and I just, I cannot grow a beard at all. Mm-hmm. I'm a complete and total baby face <laughs> and shall so remain for what seems like the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So that's all a roundabout way of saying... Uh, Yes, I am, in fact, the middle um, child out of uh, two other siblings. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, loving parents, you know, like people share... Like, and I've heard heard story, stories of people that haven't had the best childhoods yeah. and, you know, that it's been... They've experienced trauma and all sorts of different things. And um, I'm grateful that I actually experienced a great home um, yeah. and... Uh, yeah, um, I because of sort of the age um, differences, you know, between my brothers. Um, yeah, growing up together with with my younger brother, we were particularly close. Yeah, yeah, uh, and shared a special bond and, and relationship. So, um, yeah, and um, I just have I have great great fond memories of my childhood, like my. Dad would often take us out for bike rides and, um you know, my brother and I, just to give you a picture, we would, like, um race around the driveway and we would, like, pretend that that's, like, motor racing or something, <laughs> yeah. you know. And we just had the most incredible imagination, so... And then my older brother would, like, you know... Yeah, we'd, we'd always try to play, like mock soccer games with him, and we'd never be able to beat him, so then we started fouling him and everything in the backyard. And yeah. yeah, just just great memories growing up. Um, went to a non-Adventist school for the first, uh, yeah, right up until grade five of my primary education. Yeah, And I actually went to a hearing-impaired school in Clemson here in Adelaide. Oh,
0: cool. Not that I'm deaf. (laughs) So why were you at a hearing-impaired school? Great question.
1: Because it was the school that was technically closest to where I live. Yeah. So, yeah, like I say, it wasn't because I personally had any hearing problems, although people have said to me, (laughs) friends have said to me, are you still listening? Are you zoned out? And that (laughs) makes me question my sanity. But no, um... But no, I had I had actually Christian teachers in my primary school as well. Um, one of my teachers was my grade four teacher. I think was a Chris Codelphian. Yeah. That. So yeah, so that was really really kind of cool because um, growing up and going to a public public primary school, yeah, um, you know where religion wasn't really the primary thing that's valued. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would often get, like, asked by friends, oh, why don't you come to come and play soccer tournaments on Saturday and, you know, you'd be really good because I'd always play at lunchtime. But it was cool that there were still some, like, teachers and stuff that were... that did sort of... were able to resonate with you or empathise with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have similar um, experiences with school. Really? I've been to many. We moved yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, both Christian and non-Christian schools and, like, that question of why can't you come do this on Saturday and why can't you yeah, come do that on see, Saturday. Yeah,
1: see, Yeah. Yeah. So you know what that promise of soup is all about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I do. Um, So what was, like, the threat of God through all of that? Did you really notice that as a kid or?
1: Yeah, that's... Um, Now you're getting me into sort of the deep reflective um, aspect of my thinking. Yeah, it it was kind of like, where does God fit into all of that for me, you know? Because, like, my friends would sometimes, like, treat it as a joke. Well, it's funny, you know? He's a God worshipper. Ha 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 ha. And, um, yeah, I didn't really, at that age, obviously, have the real clarity around, like, well, why do I, like, keep Saturday kind of thing and, you know... Um, even when I moved away from Clemsic and eventually transitioned to Prescott Primary Northern here in Adelaide, which is an which is an Adventist school, yeah, yeah, um, I built a great relationship um, with a neighbour of mine because we moved to Ingle Farm. So right next to me lived this guy that that we would that I would chat across the fence with sometimes, and his name was Tyson, and. Uh, I'd play cricket with him in sort of the public park across the road. Yeah. And it was always like, um, you know, even though I didn't face the, the those questions at school anymore, hanging out with him, it was like, you know, he would still pick up on like, why don't you want to hang out on Saturdays or, you know, what's yeah. up with that? And so I was faced with that whole question again. So now that you're asking me this now that i'm reflecting on it i've just realized i've been asked that quite a bit throughout my yeah throughout my journey yeah
0: how would you Um, handle that as a kid
1: yeah i see i never really had the answer eh? yeah um and i would always like try to answer it and like say oh it's like a holy day or it's God's yeah. day cut type of thing, but I n- never articulated it in a way where they went, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I and like facing those questions made me go, Like, again, like, yeah, like, w- why do we, um, why do I do this? But I never really question it because it's what I've always grown up doing. Yeah. Um, so w- when I did actually start to ask those, deeper sort of spiritual questions was actually when my dad uh, passed away so when I was 11 years of age my dad passed away suddenly tragically in a vehicle accident and that was the point in my life where I you know started like thinking myself okay where does God fit into the picture that is me yeah 11 year old me
0: yeah yeah that must have been really hard you to go through and i can just imagine just imagine all of the questions that would come up with that like i've been through some pretty tragic stuff myself not so much in regarding to death but in other things um and there's a lot of questioning of like where is god why is this happening did you did you struggle with those kinds of questions as well
1: yes i did i because you know when you're when you're faced with any trauma you know like you start um looking at the big picture stuff in life and particularly um like when you're when you're faced with death like the reality of death and the fact that life can end suddenly as an 11 year old that shapes you yeah that changes you you know and so that's where um that made me go like how does god fit into this right and so Actually, my first introductions like to God because I started delving into the okay. So what does the Bible say about this? And maybe I should watch this resource to find out more because yeah. now I've got questions. Yeah. But um, yeah, some of the some of the first like the first image that I had really had of God was like of this um, like this being that just you know squeeze into heaven if you can make it type of thing and he's out to uh, you know get you and like oh my goodness you did this thing he'll remember that on that last great final day and all of that type of stuff yeah yeah Yeah. and it's like you know i'm not gonna do anything bad because there he is with his open book and ah, ah 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 so yeah um so I had this real picture of God, like, you know, it's hard to get into heaven. He's out to get me, you know, like he's or he will remember everything of like, if I do something bad or act up, he will mark that down. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't really have any like assurance of, of God at that point in, in in my life. But I did also ask questions of like, yeah, why does bad stuff happen? Like, what's that all about? You know, like, why am I going through this? And is there a heaven? Is there a hell? And all of those sorts of things. Um, And so things weren't totally clear for me at that point. And it actually took a number of years before I really started to view God as, hey, he's beautiful. He's awesome. Um, And he's worth loving. And, you know, that stems from the fact that he loves us, which I totally stand later on. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I've been... I again very similar. Like when I was a child, I, I had that same view of God as being like Yeah. everything that you do is like writing down, and He's was like just watching you all the time, like yeah, a cosmic see? cop type, type situation. That's right. Um, so yeah. I'm really interested for you. What was your journey like to go from that view of God yeah.
1: to well, He's actually really beautiful. Yes, that's that was kind of the well, yeah. It's um, you know, and and I say like I had that picture because I would. Like, listen to sermons or videos or, or things that reinforced that, right? Yeah. Um, and so I had to sort of detoxify from that picture uh, of God over time. And by the way, that that affected my Christianity because then it was all about like trying to, <laughs> trying to behave. Yeah. Yeah. Like, God wants us to belong. It was all about, like, behaving. God wants me to behave. And my prayers were like, hey, God, I'm so sorry that I did this. I'm sorry that I mucked up. You know, I won't do it again. But I did it again. Yeah. And one of my first prayers that I actually prayed was like, God, if you forgive every single little wrong thing I've ever done, I promise I'll never do anything wrong again. Yeah. And so that was the immaturity of my prayer. So your question, how did I get to the point where I started seeing God as beautiful and um, you know, I I think it was. It's it's not an easy one to answer because it's like it's like the whole John three thing where Jesus says the wind blows where it wishes and you don't don't see where it comes from and where it's going so you don't really see all of the ways in yeah. which God worked yeah. exactly in your life but I think in two thousand and twelve roughly my high last year of high school I uh, went to. Um, an AYC uh, conference a convention that was being held in Melbourne and I had a completely different expectation of what I actually ended up learning there but the preachers that actually came to this event were just like sharing um, you know stuff out of the Gospels about Jesus about how he just loves and about how he accepts and you know I think that was the first turning point where I started to realize, hey, it's not about what I do. It's about what God has done. It's about what God has done. It's not about like me and like as soon. And when I started to actually assimilate that in my mind, when it started to become clear, you know, God is the one that saves us it's because of what Jesus did on the cross for us it's all about him it's all about grace and that kind of stuff and that when that became the narrative of my Christianity I just became a whole lot freer yeah you know a whole lot freer and that was in 2012 um and I the next year 2013 I left for Avondale College um in answer to uh the call that um Got a place on my life. Like, I felt the call at around the time of my baptism in 2009, four years after my dad passed away. Yep. So, after my last year in high school, I go to Avondale, and Avondale was a whole journey of deconstructing that as well, you know, like my worldview and um, coming to see God as, you know, um, the fact that it's all about a relationship with Him. Yeah. Um, so, I think, yeah, because I'm a very, like, I'm all about. You know, being a pastor, like theology of stuff, and like um, shaping my understanding of God over time through through Avondale, also through like um, different events like AYC. Like over time, learning more about God helped me to understand what He's actually like, and I I'm not at that point yet where it's like. Like and I don't think any of us are where we're fully healed from that type of thinking, like, you know, oh, that I yeah, gotta prove absolutely. myself to God, yeah. You know, we're still in that mess, we still think that way. Um, and I know I still do, but I know that my picture of God really it leads to a far healthier Christianity these days than what I used to have. And um, naturally regrets arise out out of that because I kind of Wished that my some of the stuff that I communicated earlier on was about how beautiful God is and how awesome He is, yeah. as opposed to you should do this and you should do that, and you can't do this and you can't do that, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> which I, I'm sure I, you relate yeah, to. Yeah, I absolutely yeah.
0: relate to that. That I look back at stuff that I used to say when I was a teenager and I just go, Oh man, that was so wrong,
1: yeah, see, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and like, like I've preached since I was, um. 16 so i've done sermons since the, sort of like my first sermon was at age 16 and some of those er- earliest sermons that i delivered i just oh man yeah yeah i just wish that my more of the yeah. language was like hey how awesome is it to be in connection with God, in relationship with him um, and stuff so yeah
0: but in that how beautiful is it that god is gracious enough to walk beside us in those early times as well as like and he matures us and he gives us more understanding and he loved us just as much back then as he does now like his love for us is like unwavering it never changes um i just think that that's like that brings me a lot of peace that like it doesn't like like there's grace for that like he gets that we are human and we don't understand everything and like i guess the analogy that i kind of thought of the other day is like when a child falls over we don't go off at them for falling over we like, yeah. we go up to them and we're yeah. like, are you okay? And we care for them and we tend to them and then we pick them up and send them on their way, kind of thing. And, that's it. and so, uh, like, my question to myself at the time was, why do you think that God doesn't do that for you when you fall over? If you can do that for a kid, why wouldn't God do that for you?
1: Yeah, I no, See, see, like, even what you said right there, you know, when we have to be reminded of those kinds of things. And, we'll, like, when you think of illustrations like that, you go, hey, guess what? That makes sense. You know, why, why would God. God wouldn't do something like that. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, that's where that's where like, and you know, this is because of our sinful human nature. We need to be reminded, yeah. as yeah. humans, of that. You know. Yeah. So. And just like the yeah.
0: importance of like community and people having people around you to remind you that. Definitely. Like, God's not like that.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Um. So I'm interested. So you you went to? Did you go to college straight after year twelve?
1: I did, yes I did um, I was at that point kind of wrestling between like do I take a gap year and get some life experience and some people were telling me hey you should because there's value in that and you know you learn so much and so forth um, but yeah I just thought to myself look I'm just going to dive straight in and I'm just going to do it um, and looking back I kind of see where those people are coming from and yeah. um, and yeah, life is life. Experience is sort of is, is really key because you you you're delving into people here. Hey, you're you're, you're all about um, in ministry or teaching whatever you're doing. You're you're investing in the lives of people. Yeah, you're connecting yeah. with people, and um, that's what I think. Um, people in my life were recommending to me at that point in time Yeah. um and I see the value of that now but having said that um having gone to Avondale having uh, passed it in qu- uh, Queensland so Queensland is where I've been for the last five years all of those things uh so many life lessons there yeah, so yeah. many yeah things that actually I learnt in community yeah with other people yeah great figure how crazy is that crazy <laughs>
0: um
1: there's a, a good mate of mine whose name is Jacob. Mm-hmm. He's uh, currently pastoring um, and being a chaplain in Nusa Christian College and yep. Kerrowe STA Church. So yeah, he lives on the Sunshine Coast. Him and his wife, uh, Dari um, He he came in and like we he started college same time as me, and we were like inseparable. Yeah, like people would just always be like Jacob and or together again, <laughs> studying again, eating together again, and are they ever really apart? Yeah. So yeah, we just got on so well. Like he's he loves the Bible, I love the Bible. We just we were able to um, bounce off each other so much like that, and <clears throat> that was really I don't know that was huge for me because it was like a putting like God putting a um, sort of another older brother in my life, you know. Um, and yeah, he, like he's more of a dominant personality type than me. Um, I have grown in assertiveness over time. But I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, and this came out in one of the personality tests that I did at college. I was like way on the submissive end. And so, like, so it's interesting, you know, because like we ne- we've never clashed. In, yeah. in our friendship you know um and that's because we're like you know that's yeah. what i'm like and that's what he's like but um because like because uh, who he, of who he is and the way he is like i've been able to grow like from him and learn from him like um, valuable life lessons he's he's one of those very kind of switched-on guys. Yeah. Um, like, very good in terms of people skills and whatnot. And so that's all stuff that, like, like he helped mentor me in. Yeah, That yeah. resulted in me being a, shall we say, a less awkward version of myself. <laughs> because yep. I was... Uh, definitely very awkward, and still can be. I'm being very vulnerable here now on this episode, but uh, yeah. But so he, he was, he's been such a blessing in my life, and um, two other mates that that I met at college, um, Jonathan Gillard, who's in Victoria now, um, Stephen Duncan. He's in uh, North New South Wales conference. He's in New South Wales. He's so he's um. Uh, um Pastoring at the Memorial Church, which is actually on the same lot property as Avondale College. So, there you go. Actually, I should stop saying that. It's Avondale University now, yeah. but it only became university in like the last year. Yeah. So, there you go. It was college when I was going at the time. So, and, get, and so those three guys, um, I met a whole bunch of other different friends at college, but those three guys are like, uh, you know, still really close. Mates of mine, yeah. friends of mine, we've like we always keep in touch over yeah. Messenger, um, and you know Stephen, Jono, and Jacob all helped me to in my understanding of God and and ministry, um, and seeing it in a more beautiful way. So, or seeing God in more of a beautiful way, and then the result of it, that is that ministry is ends up being more beautiful. beautiful. as Yeah, well. yeah. So yeah, um, that is all. The long version of saying that it's, yeah, it's the friends I made. It's the people that God has put in my life. Oh, and lest I forget, um, I met my wife Avondale as well.
0: Yeah, so yeah, you might want to forget
1: that. I probably should not forget that on this episode. <laughs> and it was probably the first thing I should have said. But it was definitely, I definitely saw God's uh, leading and working in that. Um because I was kind of in the headspace of, like, coming into Avondale. Okay, this is the place where everybody gets a wife or a <laughs> husband. Okay, I'm going to rebel against that. And I'm um, not, I, you know, um, yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, Evie, <laughs> at about halfway through my time there, um, started studying, uh, Bachelor of Arts. Yeah. Well, I was counselling. She was majoring at that time. And so, yeah, um, that was that was quite amazing. And then she, uh, over over the course of time, I find out that she actually is related to um, a whole bunch of people here in Adelaide. Oh, and there that, you go. And, and I learn in the course of time that that those people are her extended family. Some of whom, her some of her uncles have been like teachers of mine, or you know. Yeah, like people that I know, and so. That's really cool. Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. It's pretty crazy. So like, it's it's nuts. Like it's absolutely nuts. Um, you know, she's she knows the same places in Adelaide, or is familiar with most of them that I have been familiar with. And it's like I never knew she was here. Like a lot of this time. Her parents uh, live in Mildura, in Victoria, but, like, it's amazing. Like, you know, I found somebody who has family that pretty much has lived right on my doorstep yeah. throughout my life.
0: That is actually one of the coolest things that I love about, like, God – well, not, not – yeah, anyway. Like, just yeah. how you can be living your life and not have any idea what he's doing until, like, much later. Pretty much. Like, yeah. much, much later.
1: Exactly. I, I, yeah.
0: yeah. I just find the ways that he works so, like, fascinating, but, like, yes. really awesome how he, like, weaves everything together.
1: Precisely. Yeah. Definitely. And and I, you know, I've having – just bouncing off of, of what you said there, it's crazy It's crazy that I didn't see how good God is earlier because I have seen him, like, work even in the short time after my dad's death and the way he looked after my family. Yeah. Um, so – you know, why did I ever think like that he isn't good? You yeah. know? And that's kind of what sin does to you, it messes you up and makes you think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. In ways you wouldn't otherwise wouldn't.
0: Yeah. Well like there's that and there's also like whatever you're focusing on. That's like if you're if yes. you're constantly looking at stuff that says the contrary to that. That's right.
1: Then that's what you're going to think. Your focus mm-hmm. determines your reality.
0: Yeah.
1: I love it, Leila. That's super deep. Yeah. And awesome.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, okay, so you, after college, did you guys, like when did you guys get married? Did you get married like at college or like afterwards or like what was that like?
1: Yeah, so um, so pretty much dated through my last two years at college, so 2015, 2016. And then uh, Evie had one more year left at college and I got uh, a call to Mackay. Yeah. In uh, central to north Queensland. Um, so in 2017, my first year after college, I pretty much spent that year batching it, um, being a bachelor. And, yeah, um, I lived by myself, which was a bit of a transition because you go from obviously living the dorm life with your friends to all of a sudden you're out in this big, bad world by yourself, you know. And, um, yeah, I loved my first year of ministry um, and then over year's end, at the end of twenty seventeen, I'm really testing my memory here now. <laughs> um, yeah, at the end of my first year of ministry, um, I visited my um, yeah now in-laws, mm-hmm. so her family, um, like like I, like we have been every every year's end and. I already had sort of the ring in mind that I was going to get for her, but Zammel's decided to give me headaches, so I didn't quite <laughs> end up, ended up having it as, as soon as I would have liked. But by the end of uh, sort of my annual leave or holiday period, um, I yeah, I ended up taking her on a date to all of the areas or spots around Mildura that during the, our dating time had become special to us. And I was just... Trying to line it up with like the Mildura sunset because there's this spot that was pretty special to us and it was the first place where um, where we actually shared our first kiss and so I took her to that exact exact same spot um, to be as hopelessly romantic as I could possibly be <laughs> and I took her you know and I and I wanted the uh, the sun to be going down and for all of it to be perfect anyway so. Um, Yeah, I ended up proposing to her there. Um, And then um, she jokingly said no, just to mess with me. And so I felt like, what are you doing? I love that. I love that I know, know, it's crazy. But but she was actually laughing when she said it. So I kind of felt like, okay, well, I feel vulnerable right now. But it's kind of okay, because I know you're about to... Or I hope you're about to say yes. Which she did. She did say yes. And then... (laughs) And so here's the plot twist because um, I didn't remember the part where I said that I didn't have the ring as early as I would have liked. I ended up um, proposing to her and then, like, I think it was the next day I left back to <laughs> my So we didn't really have that time to en- enjoy our fiancé status, you know, yeah. of being yeah. engaged and, like, being together kind of thing. Um, so we had to prepare for for the like we did we prepared our wedding whilst being apart pretty much um and then um yeah I I arrived in Mildura pretty much the weekend of my wedding (laughs) my family was already there but yeah um got married on April 24th 2018 um and yeah beautiful day um we i mean it went by super fast yeah, yeah as weddings do weddings did that <laughs> just yeah. went so quick but yeah um and so yeah we were married uh in 2018 and have been for the last three years almost four years
0: nice
1: yes yeah and so evie uh, joined me up in Mackay. i had already known sort of the Mackay community for about a year and four months yeah. at that point. She was just completely new to it, you know, yeah. at that point. But, um, but, yeah, we honeymooned in Port Douglas, which is really beautiful. Um, and, yeah, spent the last four years, me five years, in Queensland together, apart from our families, which is... Which has been kind of, like, it's been all right because we have had the time sort of our to form our own yeah. identity as a yeah. couple, you know, apart yeah. from family.
0: That's a really cool perspective there, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's another way in which I've seen, like, how God has um, pieced things together. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah.
0: That's, yeah, I love that. Um <laughs> So I guess you've like so you did have a, a year of ministry basically on your own. Yeah. But then you've just had Evie move up with you. Yeah. What was that like for you navigating ministry and marriage at the same time?
1: At the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a learning curve. Um, because it was like when I was by myself, it's like I had all the time in the world for the church, but then when Evie, Evie came in, it was an adjustment period, you know, because it's like it's no longer just, you know, you. You got you have to consider uh, her needs, her considering my needs, considering each other. And um, so, like, first of all, she is the most supportive person in the world, like as supportive of my ministry and, and what I do from day one, and I'm so eternally grateful for that. Um and yeah, it was it was kind of interesting because obviously, as a pastor, if you can allow, you can get to the point where you allow ministry ministry to take over your life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so important to. Um, look after your family's needs and, and her needs and um, that's super important because if your home life falls apart, if your marriage falls apart, your ministry's for nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I I saw the value in that uh, from day one. But, and here I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable again. I am an introvert. So um, it's it's never been like crisis talks where like i can't stop like i've i felt that i've always had the ability to understand my boundaries and limits and yeah. um and she's an introvert as well and so we both understand each other on that wavelength and so it's never been like this uh hard thing for her where i'm at 24 7 and she can never yeah sort of yeah yeah get me home kind of thing if that makes sense yeah yeah but it, but it, in the beginning it was uh, having to figure out all of that out and what that looks like so
0: yeah, yeah understanding those limits like personally yeah. like both personally and like relationally is so important yeah oh for sure but yeah that's like something that I've personally like really struck because I'm an introvert as well
1: yeah yeah okay cool um, Intro- and it's
0: actually really interesting yeah. since I've been doing this podcast how many pastors are actually introverts Yeah. considering how much time you spend in front of other people and around other people
1: yes yes
0: I I just find that really interesting
1: yeah I know I know and that's okay and I'm actually super glad Layla that I I have a bit of a platform here to to share on this because I got a thought on this now um you know I feel like I feel like we, we live in a world that's not very friendly for introverts, you know, and I'm sure you could relate yeah. to that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, you know, like it's it's not um, – in being an introvert is not a bad thing. Being an extrovert is not a bad thing. Yeah. And sometimes there can be this stigma uh, that, you know, being an introvert is like, you know – like, the ideal is that you should technically be an extrovert. Yeah. Um, yeah. But really, us introverts, what it comes down to is that we get our energy from, that we recharge our energy from being by ourselves. Yeah. And that does not mean we're antisocial. It just means that that's where we get our energy from. And I feel like that, that need, that's a definition that it needs to be understood. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, so that we don't yeah. like people or that we don't, yeah. or, that, like, or that we don't require like connection or relationship or any of those things it's just that for us like to recharge we need to be alone
1: exactly exactly and extroverts need to Mm -hmm. be around us in order to be yeah, yeah um in, in order to recharge. So that's a little bit of a detour on that, but yeah. I just thought I'd chuck those two cents in.
0: Oh, no, no, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I'm all for promoting the differences and similarities between people. Yeah, and exactly. Just, yeah. yeah, I guess like this whole platform is just about embracing people for who they are, like God created us all differently. And, exactly. exactly. And he uses all of those things.
1: Absolutely. And we should celebrate that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, so how was your like your ministry in Mackay, mm-hmm. you were in Mackay, right? Yeah, yeah I was yeah, in Mackay, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: What
0: was, like, those first five years, what was that What was that like for you?
1: Yeah, great question. First, I loved my, I really enjoyed my, um, the first three years of my ministry there. Um, just because, of like, getting into ministry, I'm idealistic. I'm full of passion. Still full of passion, by the way. Uh, just with a more mature outlook on my passion, not so much an idealistic one, maybe a bit more a realistic mm-hmm. one. I'm probably using too many deep words here now, but <laughs> but 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 I enjoyed. I just enjoyed it, you know, um, visiting people, uh, ministering to people, you know, studying the Bible with people. All of those things. It's just great to have as a full time job, just sharing Jesus with others and yeah. ministering yeah. to people. And I, I really love that. Um, small groups was always the thing that, and house church type stuff was always the yeah. thing that I was most passionate about um so I really enjoyed it the, the last two years have been a bit of a challenge um obviously with COVID yeah. that it changed quite a number of things and yeah like the last two years were completely different than the first three yeah. it's just like the last two years were like I feel like I'm new to ministry all, mm. all over again and what am I doing and how am I supposed to figure this out <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of been like let's take everything that you know and throw it away and, and start again. And throw it
1: away and rip it up, and yeah, you're back to the drawing <laughs> board, which is like it helps grow you because yeah. you have to learn to be adaptable in times of crisis, you know. But um, but yeah, it's it it, it did mean that um, like there were there were times when like I sort of um, through the challenges I soured or allowed myself to get bitter, but you know. Um that's where yeah, it was just about um uh, saying, God, where are you in this space? You know, you've led me in the past, you've been so good to me. Um and you know, what are you doing in my life now? Like, what does all, all of this mean? And it's so it's funny because, like, I went through my sort of tragic experience, but then COVID comes along and I'm asking similar questions again. So, I'm, yeah. Well, I think
0: up. that, like, we are always asking those kinds of yeah. questions. I think it's, like, in – so I'm currently studying ministry at uni at the moment. And one of the cool. things that, like, that, that has been said over and over again is that, like, our growth is not linear. It's not a that's, straight line. That's right um and i think that it's really healthy to reassess those those questions because yeah. then you come at it from like a different outlook or you've had different experiences so that you can see things from a different point of view yes. and at least for me it's really grounded me in my faith to go okay i'm having all of these questions again how did he go come through last time what has he yeah. done in the past what can i see like where is he now that kind of thing yes definitely so i think yeah. i think like often i find i found in my life that like especially when i was younger that like i know i just had this attitude that you're not allowed to question god and i
1: don't really understand
0: where that came from yeah but i think god loves us asking him questions like you look at all the people in the bible they questioned him all the time and Mm. if you don't ask questions then you don't get answers right
1: that's right yes
0: so yeah. Yes. I, yeah I can really relate to that like asking the same questions over and
1: over again 100% yeah that's something that I feel like Avondale um, put in my toolkit never be afraid of the big questions you yeah. know because yeah like it's it, it's because um, sometimes I was afraid of them you know yeah. Yeah. it's like because they will lead to answers that I might not be comfortable not with, with. Yeah. you know yeah. what I mean yeah 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 <laughs> so. I get that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but no, it's, and I feel like now I'm completely comfortable with them, you know, like, what, what have I to be afraid of from, like, a healthy level of scrutiny, you know, like, yeah. um, God's bigger than any of our questions, and yeah. he's got it, yeah. and so, who, like, do I think that I'm a little God that's kind of, you know, like... I'll teach you, kind of thing. No, yeah. I need to be taught. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I get that. Um yeah. So obviously, you're not in Mackay now. How, yes. What was, what made you guys decide, or like, how did you feel God leading you back down to South Australia? Because it's almost like you've yeah. come full circle.
1: It, the, yeah, actually, I, I've. <laughs> I love that you put it that way because that's exactly how it is in <laughs> my mind as well. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, we have, yeah, we have, and so I am actually. I know it's what is it? It's um, technically this is the last day of February, but it'll it'll be March when our listeners are hearing this. So, so you know, like I'm, like we're already deep into this here, but I'm I'm already I'm still just stunned that we're here like I'm yeah. still I'm still like you know I felt God's call when I was in this city you know I left nine years Avondale Mackay you know I've been all up and down the east coast for what feels like the last decade and um God has brought me back to familiar shores and yeah. I did when I first start uh in Mackay I was kind of going in my mind how cool it would it be to be back in SA yeah um but I never thought that that would, would actually be a thing. And but here we are. Mm. Here's where God has led. And and so you asked the question: Yeah, what 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 um what made us um uh, feel the call to to come back? And um. I think it's it's actually, like it's the most awesomest thing ever that we are actually closer to family again that's so awesome and that's so fantastic and we're so thrilled about that Um, but when the the call that came through to actually come back here I wanted to really have it settled in my mind that I'm not just doing it for family because then I'm still following God's call and I'm not just feeling the call to do whatever I want because I've done plenty of that (laughs) and you know how that always ends yeah yeah, because yeah. you always want to follow, follow God's will in your life, and I think um, the call to come and be involved with the chaplaincy team at, here at Prescott Southern and work with Travis here at Morphet Vale, I saw just um, a huge growth opportunity, you know, for me and my ministry, and uh, the reason why is because um, I I see myself as a team player. and I want to learn from others and I want to grow in a team environment and that's what I love about working with the chaplains with Travis, you know, with a team here at church and school is that, um, yeah, I'm able to uh, do ministry not alone but with others and I I love that it's when it's done with others, you know I don't see myself as the kind of guy that's like I have all the answers and I know, you know um, but I like figuring out the answers together with other people and so... Um, and so, yeah, we, we're, we're thrilled because we just want to um, yeah, contribute to the church, contribute to the school, um, and, um, yeah, we're so excited for what God has in store.
0: Yeah. Well, as a member here, I'm really excited to have you. Thank you. Um, even though I had no idea who you were before you got here. But, you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> or how to say your name, honestly.
1: Yeah, you know how I always say it to people? I say, just remember, it doesn't take much, a.
0: <laughs> that's so cool.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, people say my name all the time, but they don't actually realize it. You know, they say, oh, that's not much, a" or something, and then it's like, I'm hearing my name. <laughs> but then they ask me, how do you pronounce that? You've actually been saying it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. There you go. So that's how you say it, yeah.
0: yeah. No, like, when, yeah, the other... A couple of episodes ago, you said your name, and I've like paid a lot of attention
1: because I go. was
0: like, "I'm gonna be talking to him, and I need to know how to say this." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, there you go. That's cool. Yeah. No, it's yeah. Kubrick is a bit of a tougher one because you don't know. I don't know how to help people pronounce that, but Polish names are interesting.
0: Yeah, so, we have a lot of them down here in the south.
1: In the south, yeah, yeah, there is quite a bit. Although Polish names usually end in ski. Yeah. And uh, mine ends in ek, Kuberek, So yeah. I don't know why that is, but there you go.
0: I'm sure there's something in that.
1: Probably. <laughs> um,
0: anyway, thank you so much for being so vulnerable. I actually love that so much awesome. that you were willing to be vulnerable.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I just think that we learn so much more when we are vulnerable. Like that's where there's growth and that's
1: like, 100%
0: where we can help each other more.
1: Definitely. Um,
0: and like, especially like if you're looking at Jesus, he was really vulnerable all the time.
1: For sure. Um, for sure.
0: And just, yeah, not to shy away from that. Was, I, I love that. Anyway, I'm now rambling. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, thanks for testifying much, eh? All good. Man, can I just say how much I really appreciate the guests that come on this podcast hey like everyone's story is just so rich and different and just so beautiful in like its own way I absolutely love that about humans and the way that we are and how it was unique but all so beautiful um I hope you guys really enjoyed that and got some amazing stuff out of it I know that I certainly did um I'm not just saying that like I know I say that every episode but I like every episode i really do get like really encouraged and enriched and much it was no different so yeah thanks again for being here guys i hope that you enjoyed again if you want to contact us or have any questions or any of those kinds of things let them testify on instagram come over send us a message give us a follow subscribe to the podcast all those good things um yeah really appreciate you guys and just love like the commitment that you guys have to the podcast um again i'm now rambling so i'll see you next time bye